Okay. Today we are going to finish off our discussion of the Arba Banim, that we have been looking at the four sons, the four children, and we've been looking at each of them in context and from the perspective of what can we learn from them. So first we looked at the at the Chacham, the wise son, and we discussed various aspects of why he is the wise son and not the righteous son. We discussed how the parent is meant to relate to him. And then we talked about the Rasha, the wicked son, and what makes him wicked. What does it mean to separate yourself from everybody else? What is so terrible about that? And what can we learn from the Rasha as well? And today I want to look not at one son, but at the last two sons and look at them in relation to one another. Let's look in the text of the Haggadah to see who are we investigating today and why do I think that we should look at them together. So the Haggadah shall Pesach that we will open. Finally, I feel like we build up to it and we build up to it and we build up to it. And finally, we are so excited that this week we will crack it open and all of those matzah crumbs will fall out and we will open up and we will go through Kaddish or um, Karpas Yachat, and we'll arrive at Magid, and we'll dive right in. Can I get Arba Banim Dibra Torah? Echad Chacham, the Echad Rasha, the Echad Tam, the Echad She'ino Yodei The Torah speaks to four types of sons: one who is wise, one who is wicked. Echad Tam, who is translated usually as the simple son, the innocent son. The Echad She'ino Yodei and one who doesn't even know how to speak. So we discussed the Chacham. Chacham Ahu Omer, the wise son, what does he say? What are these rules and laws and ordinances that Hashem has commanded you? You should tell him the Halachot of Pesach. Specifically that you cannot eat after you eat from the Afi Koman. Next comes the Rasha. Rasha Mahu Omer, the wicked son, what does he say? What is this work to you? To you and not to him. Because he separated himself out from the community, he is considered to be a heretic. You should blunt his teeth. Because of this Hashem did for me when I left Egypt. To me and not to him. Ilu Hayasham, had he been there, Lo Haya Nigal, he would not have been redeemed. So now we are at our focus for today, and that is the third and fourth son. Tam Mahu Omer, Mazot, the simple son, what does he say? Mazot, just what is this? The Amari and you should say to him, Hashem took us out from Egypt with an outstretched arm, with a strength of arm. And the fourth son, the son who does not know how to ask, you should open it up for him. So it says, you should open it up for him. You should start the discussion as it says in the Pasuk. And you should tell to your son on this day. Because of this, Hashem did to me when we left from Egypt. So first of all, why was it important to read through all of the sons again? Because for, with each of the sons, you know, you notice parallels with the others. That obviously they are all sitting there at the same seder, and they are all seeing the same thing unfold in front of them. And effectively, it is the same person responding to all of them. So even in the on the um, the parable level, kind of the understanding in the Haggadah, 
we see similarities, but even more so, we are going to see similarities when we try to delve into it, when we try to give the nimshal, the explanation to the parable. So it's important to look at all of them in context. So what are some things that we notice off the bat? I think some things that we notice are that he is called a Tom, a simple son, Visha'eno Yodeyalishol. These don't seem to be such clear typologies that I think when we imagine the Rasha or the Chacham right away, whether it be based on Haggadahs that we've seen in the past or other things, there's an image that stands out to us right away. We all know what someone who's wise looks like, and we all can imagine what someone who's a Rasha looks like. But what does that mean that he is a Tom? What does that mean that he is, you could say, simple? We're going to delve into that for a little bit. Like, what is this Tom? And the she'enu yodea lish'ol, that just really seems to throw us off. Like, everyone else is at least a type. He's wise, he's right, he's wicked, he's simple. But what is the she'enu yodea lish'ol? This seems to be talking about something different. This isn't a character trait. This is something that he does or does not know how to do. This would be as if we named the seven dwarves and we said that this one is happy and this one is grumpy and this one is sleepy and this one doesn't know how to ride a bike. It just seems out of context with the other ones, that this is not a personality trait, that he doesn't know how to ask a question. So what I want to look at today is, who are these people? Who is the Tom? Who is the She'inu Yodeh And how do we understand them in context of one another? That these seem to be, the first two, I would say, seem to be like, okay, a Chacham, a Rasha, but the Tom and the She'inu Yodeh a little bit throws for a loop. So we're going to look at them together, and we are going to compare and contrast them. So first, it is important to look at where are the sources for them in the Torah. We said that each of these questions is based on a different Pasuk, either from Sefer Shemot or from Sefer Zivarim. And it is important to look at the context and the, um, the reason that this statement was made based on the Pasukim. So in Shemot Parakyud Gimel, we see the source for the Tam, that it says, um, it is talking about in the context of Pidyon Haben, the Chol Petar Chamor Tifteh Baseh, the Kol Bechor Adam Bebanet Tifteh that every firstborn animal and every firstborn child you must redeem. And it will be when your child will ask you tomorrow, Mazo, what is this? And you should say to him, It is because of this that Hashem redeemed us from Bitavadim for the house of slavery. So it says that you should explain to him that it is because of this Hashem took me out of Egypt. And when they should, and because when we asked Paro if he could send us out of Egypt, he refused, and Hashem therefore killed off all the firstborn, and therefore we sacrifice or we dedicate all of our firstborns to Hashem, and they must be redeemed. So that is the context for the question of the Tom. That he is looking at something which is specifically the Pidyon Haben, and he is saying, Mazel, what is all of this? Why are we doing this? And we open up through that, we take that small initiation, and we answer that with a broader question that we say, really all of this ties back to Yitzhak Mitzrayim that we were leaving and power didn't want to allow us to leave and Hashem did the makot. And because of that, we repay our, what we are, what we owe to Hashem. Then the source for the She'en O'yodei Elishol, this is also in Shemot Parak Yud Gimel, a little earlier on in the Parak, where it says, Ma'atzot yochal et shivat hayamim, v'lo yir alecha chamit, v'lo yir alecha se'or, v'chol gvulecha. 
you should eat matzo within your camp for seven days. And you shouldn't see any chametz, you shouldn't see any leaven, and you shouldn't see any green in your entire ownership. This is the mitzvah, the primary mitzvah of Seder night nowadays when we don't have the carbon Pesach, which is you should tell over to your sons on this day. It is because of this that Hashem did for me when I left for Mitzrayim. I left from Mitzrayim. So some interesting things to know. Again, when we look at these, both the psukim and the questions as they are presented in the Haggadah, the answer that is given to the She'enu Yodayalish Ol reminds us of the answer that's given to the Russia, that it, in both it says, By the Russia, it points out specifically that it is that is to you and not to him, because had he been there, he would not have been redeemed. And it doesn't make this specification by the She'enu Yodayalish Ol. However, it does state the same answer. That it says, but it doesn't specify here by the Sheino Yodeyalishol, leave a But I think when there's any similarity, whenever there is the same language used, it is meant to call our attention to compare the two. So therefore, it is possible to draw, even just at the beginning when we're looking here at the surface level, some sort of connection between the Sheino Yodeyalishol and the Russia. Also, when you look in the Psukim, each of the other ones is when your child will ask you tomorrow. When your children will ask, there is a question, there is some sort of initiation, by, but by the Sheino Yodeyalishol, there is no initiation, and therefore there is also no specific person specified. This is rock, this is only nobody specifically is coming to ask you, rather, this is a general libincha. This is you should tell over to the children that this gives us a general mitzvah, and it seems more general than all the other sons. That all the other sons, there was a specific question that was asked and a specific answer that was given in relation to this question. But here is just general, that there doesn't seem to be any of this initiation, which makes sense based off of his name. He is the Sheino Yodeyalishol, but it is the general mitzvah of you should tell over to these children to your children so what i want to do now is if you've noticed i've been kind of hesitant to translate the word tom because the word tom where while art scroll or the general text of the haggadah may have chosen the word simple it is not so clear that that is what the word tom means so what i want to look at first is who is this tom who is this simple son that he seems to ask a simple question he says mazo and he has given a pretty straightforward answer that because of this, Hashem took us out of Egypt. But if you just want to think for a moment, when we looked at the context in the Psukim, his is perhaps the most complicated context. That for the Russia and the Chacham, the context that we said they were looking at is the Karvam Pesach. That they are direct, looking directly at something that clearly um, distinguishes Pesach from anything else. That they are looking at the Matzah, they are looking at the Karvam Pesach. However, when it comes to the Psalm, the, the Tam, the so-called simple son, what he is looking at is the mitzvah of Pidyom Bechor, that he is looking at something that is tangentially related to Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So while his question may be simple, Mazo, his context is much more complicated than the other son. So I want us to keep that in mind as we are looking at all these explanations. So the word Tom is one that actually comes up a number of times throughout Tanakh. First, it comes up when we are talking about Noah. Then in Barashas Parak Vav, it says, Eila told us, Noach, Noach ish tzadik, tamim hayab ezerosav, et ha'elokim hitalich Noach. These are the descendants of Noach. Noach was a tzadik, he was a righteous person. Tamim hayab ezerosav. It uses this word of tam, and here it is translated as, 
Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless in his age. Noah walked with God. Later on in Bereshis, when it comes to Parak Chafhei, and we are talking about Yaakov and Esau, it says, and the, the children grew up. It is discussing um, Yaakov and Esau, and it says that Esau was an Ish Sayed, he was a man of hunting. Ish he was a man of the field. And Yaakov was a man with a, an Ish Tam. Yoshev Ohalim. And the Mepharshim give a number of different explanations as to what this means here, that he was an Ish Tam. Let's start with Rashi. Rashi explains what is Tam. He is not an expert in any particular area. He is very straightforward. Whatever is happening in his heart, that is what you see expressed externally. Someone who is unable, he couldn't, he doesn't have a wicked bone in his body. He is not someone who could trick someone if he tried. Karoy Tam. He is called a Tam. And perhaps it is interesting that Rashi uses this language of Misha'inu Kharifla Ramut, someone who would be unable to deceive somebody, specifically for Yaakov, who carries out possibly one of the greatest deceptions in our history, that he switches out for Esav and therefore acquires the bracha for us. However, there are other Mepharshim that explain slightly differently. The Tava Kabbalah explains Ishtam, the Avram Tiv, the Tamim. By Avraham, it says, the Tamim, and you should be perfect. Yaakov de Ishtalim Yatir, Tiv Bei Ishtam. However, Yaakov is more perfect because by him it says Ishtam. Amayikri Ishtam begins a low Ishtair Beb Solat Klaal. What does it mean that he was an Ishtam? That means that there was no fault within him. There was no aspect of Psolet. There was nothing that was not good about him. So he says that Noah was even better than Avraham. Because by Avraham, it says, and you should be Tam. By Yaakov, it says he was an Ishtam. He had already accomplished that level of being Tam, of being, as the Ktava Kabbalah explains it, as being perfect. There was nothing bad within him. The Nitziv in the Hayim Ekdavar explains Ishtam mutmam im anashim mashavipiv kach bilibo. He was sincere. He was wholehearted with other people that whatever he said in his mouth was what he was truly feeling on the inside. Imkin hutamim eno nechak lishnaim omer kach bilibo omer kach bilibo kach. He says, what does it mean that he was Tam? Is that he was perfect in terms of what he had on the inside was also what was expressed on the outside. The Ibn Ezra, as we see, there is a running theme here that it is some sort of wholeheartedness, some sort of consistency, some sort of perfection here. The Ibn Ezra explains, Yodayat what does this mean that Esau was someone who was Yodayat He was always filled with trickery. He so it says Esau was iconically someone who was a trickster. He was someone who learned this form of trickery from his hunting, that often animals need to be tricked into catching them. And Yaakov was the opposite of Esau in this, in this manner, and he was an Ishtam. Esau was a man of the field. And and Yaakov, on the other hand, was someone who stayed in the tent. So we see that they were complete opposites in terms of Esau was a master of trickery, while Yaakov was a Tom, someone who, it seems to be here, was honest, was straightforward. 
The Malvim says this as well. Yaakov Hayatishtamim built He didn't know any forms of trickery. This was so outside of his way of thinking. That this idea of being a Yodea Tzayid, when it came to Esau, also included tricking other people, that he would also, quote unquote, hunt other people, that he was a murderous person. So it says Yaakov was the opposite of this. So therefore, if being the opposite, being a Yodea Tzayid, is being cunning, being deceitful, then the opposite is being straightforward and honest. And that's what it means to be a Tom. In Barisha's Parakid Zion, Vayhi Avram bin Tishim Shana Vitisha Shinim Vayr Ahashem El Avram, Vayomer Elav Elokim, Ani Kelsha Kai Hitalich Lefanai Vehei Tamim. This was the Pasuk that was quoted by Rashi. And it says here that Vehei Tamim, and you should be a Tamim. So what does this mean here? If we look based on the other Psukim in Shemot in Yudbet, it says, Set Hamim Zachar ben Shanai Hiyalachem. When it is talking about all the karbanot, it often says that they should be tamim. So if we are going to apply this, by the karbanot, it means that the karban should be perfect. It should be without blemish. And we can also apply that to the context with Avraham. That by Avraham, it says, You should walk before me and be what? It would make sense based on the explanation by the karbanot that it means that you should be perfect, that you should walk before Hashem, you should follow in the ways Hashem, you should follow him perfectly. In Vayikra as well, we are commanded about the counting of Sfirat Umar, which will begin next week. That we are told when we should count the Sfirat HaOmer, that it should be seven weeks that are Tamim, seven weeks that are perfect. So we can use this definition of perfect, and this seems to match what we said before, that when we were talking about Yaakov, there was a sort of perfection. When we were talking about Noah, there was definitely this level of perfection, that there was a straightforwardness, there was a consistency, that all of these are sort of interchangeable, that it is perfect, that it is consistent, that it is the same on the inside and on the outside. As well, when we come to Devarim, it talks about Tamim Tiyam Hashem Elokecha. That you should be tamim, you should be perfect with Hashem your God. Rashi explains here, tamim tihiyayim Hashem alokecha, hitalicha imo bitmimut, you should walk with him bitmimut, vititza pelo, and you should desire him. Velotach por achar ha'atido, you shouldn't, you shouldn't stray, you shouldn't try to seek after what will happen in the future. El koma sheyavo alecha tikabel bitmimut, everything that comes to you, you should accept wholeheartedly. Vaaz tihiyayim imo vilichalko. You then you will be able to cleave to Hashem. If you accept everything that Hashem has sent to you, you accept it perfectly, you should accept it wholeheartedly, you should accept it honestly, then you will be completely connected to Hashem. So based on everything we saw throughout Tanakh, and this is a lot of mentions, if we look through Tehillim as well, it comes up over and over again, this idea of Tmimut, this idea of being Tamimim Hashem, of being wholehearted with Hashem, of being connected to Hashem, then it seems like we have a very positive picture of the Tam. However, when we move away from Tanakh and we move into the Yerushalmi, which is one of the texts that the Haggadah is copied almost directly from, we have a Mechilta, we have a Yerushalmi, and we've used these texts already, that sometimes there are subtle differences between these texts and what we ultimately arrive at in the Haggadah that give us sort of an understanding of the background, that we know that the Baal Haggadah had all of this information that we have from Tanakh, from the Mepharshim, but we also now see that he had to compile based on this Yerushalmi, based on the Mechilta. And a lot of times those texts 
kind of help us see the path from the more original, more primary sources down to where we arrive at the Haggadah, which is a compilation. So let's look at this, this Yerushalmi. And this Yerushalmi definitely does complicate things for us a little bit. So this is the Yerushalmi. I'm Sachim Daf Yud. I'm a bet. Tani Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia tells us, Can I get Arba Banim Dibra Torah? That the Torah speaks to four sons. Ben Chacham, Ben Rasha, Ben Tipish, the Ben She'inu Yodei It speaks to the Chacham, it speaks to the Rasha, it speaks to the Tipish, which is the stupid son, the Ben She'inu Yodei and the son who is unable to ask. And then it goes through when it says, Ben Chacham Ahu Omer Mahaido Vachukim Vameshvatim Asher Tiva Hashem Elokinu Otanu, Avata Amor Lo Bechozek Yad Hutzianu Hashem Yimitraimi Beit Abadim. Here, when we are studying the Chacham, we pointed out that it says Asher Otanu, as opposed to Asher And that was a, a distinction that we discussed there. When it comes to the Ben Rasha, Ben Rasha, Mahu Omer. So by the Russia, there is a lot of differentiation in the language, but it is the same idea. What does this work for you? Why is it given to you? And it doesn't say here, rather it focuses on the same answer, that it excludes the Russia because he excluded himself in the question. It excludes him in the answer. And then it says, the stupid son, what does he say? Mazot, what is this? Interestingly, in the Yerushalmi, it tells us to give him the same answer that we gave to the Ben Chacham. But it emphasizes here the aspect of the Karban Pesach and of the Afikoman that you cannot enter into the Karban saying that you will eat with one group and end up eating with another group. You must eat the you must sign up before to be part of a specific group and you must maintain your peace in that group. Ben she'inu yodei l'shol at p'tachu t'chila amar rabbi yosei matnitei amar rakin im e'en da'ab b'ven aviv no'amdel. Lastly, it ends off with the she'inu yodei l'shol. That with the she'inu yodei l'shol at p'tachu, you have to open it up for him because it says, and we and we learn that anyone who doesn't have the da'a to ask, the father should open him up. So what is going on here? We seem to have such a positive impression of the tam. We seem to have looked at him so positively, whether he's perfect, he's wholehearted, he's straightforward, he's consistent. These are all very positive things. And then in the Rishalmi here, it seems to call him the tipish, to call him the stupid son, but to give him the answer that we give the chacham, the intricate answers of the halachot of Pesach. So what does that mean here? And Rashi as well adds in, and Rashi says, Mazo, zetinok tipish she'inu yozeel ha'emik she'ilato. One of the understandings of the four sons in general is that they are people of various ages. And often this is how it's depicted in Haggadahs, that the Chacham is the oldest, he is the wise one, he is the mature and developed son. The Rasha is the teenage son, the one who is oppositional, the one who always fights back. Then comes the tip, the, the Tom, and the Tom is a young child. And this is what Rashi says, that his 18 tipish, it's not that he's st- silly, it's not that he's stupid, it's not that he's like, as it describes in Yerushalmi, that he doesn't know anything. Rather, it's that he's young, he is a young child, he is 18 tipish, 
He doesn't know how to deepen his questions. He just says, He just asks, what is this? In somewhere else, he would say the question of the Chacham. He would ask a deeper question. However, the Torah speaks to four sons where they are at. So he reframes it and he says the Torah speaks to four types of children, the wicked son, the the one who doesn't know how to ask, and the one who asks in an abbreviated form, otherwise known as the Tam, and one who also asks a wise question. So the Rashi really connects Tam and the Chacham, that it's not really meant to be derogatory when it says Tipesh in the Yerushalmi, rather it's just saying that he is unsophisticated at this point, that he really, he intuits what is different. He notices what is different, but he doesn't know how to ask a deep, in-depth question. But is that, so therefore, is the Tom positive? Is he negative? Is he neutral? Like, how are we meant to look at him? We're giving him the answer of the Chacham. His question is very similar to the Chacham, that he's saying, what is all of this? That he doesn't articulate it in the same way as the Chacham, but the question at its core is still the same. So before we answer this, of how are we really supposed to look at the Tom? Like, is he positive? Is he negative? How do we understand him? I want to try to look at for a moment, who is this She'en O'Yodeh Because the She'en O'Yodeh really does seem to stand out sort of like a sore thumb. That as we said, all the other ones seem to be character traits, while the She'en O'Yodeh seems to just be explaining something he can or cannot do. And we may have expected it to be like Rashi explained, that he is a Tino Tipish. Maybe he's just a little kid who doesn't know how to ask. However, the Be'er Mayim Chaim explains and groups the four sons a little differently. This is commenting on when it says that Noah was a Tamim Hayabizorosav. It is an explanation there, and it says, Bilharoz al Shlemot Halaz, Asher Hayakulel Mikohabchinot Hashlushak Havin Haniskarim, Holiv Gimel Banim, Shem Cham Viyapet. It says what was so perfect about Noah, what was so Tamim about Noah, was that he gave birth to three sons. And each of them fill in one of the typologies in the world. And here in the Be'er Mayim Chaim, he pulls in this example from our text here, from the Haggadah of the Arba Banim. It says, how is it that it's three sons, but somehow they are inclusive of all the types of people. And the Be'er Ma'im Chaim says the, the She'enu Yodei Shul and the Tam are the same type of person. V'heim gimel mochin v'gimel kavin haniskarim. Shame is ben chacham, v'kinezo cham, v'yafet ba'emtza. So shame is the ben chacham, v'cham um, is opposite him, he is the rasha v'yafet ba'emtza. And yafet is the one who is represented by the two other children, by the Tam and the She'enu Yodei Shul. But other than that, I really looked around and there was not much information on what really this Mida of the Sheinu Yodei is. What type of person is he? So who is he? Who is this guy? Who is the Sheinu Yodei Is he old? Is he young? Does he, is he incapable of knowing? Is he ignorant? Is he, what is he? Like, why doesn't he know how to ask? Is it a lack of skill? Is it a lack of connection? And I think to understand this, we can look at a passage by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. That's that in the on the eleventh day of Nisan in the year nineteen fifty seven, actually on April twelfth, which is today, um, the Rebbe Rebbe Menachem Mendel Schneerson gave a 
legendary pre-Pesach drasha that reframed the entire purpose of the Pesach Seder. The Rebbe tells us about the Arba Banit. He says, you can look at the four sons as four generations of Jews in America today. The first generation of Eastern European Jewry who emigrated to America at the turn of the century are represented by the wise son. This is the Jew who grew up with a strong connection to the Jewish way of life. It is inconceivable for him to think of working on Shabbos. He would work from Monday to Friday, observe Sabbath, and get fired on, for not coming to work, and look for other employment the next week. He knows why Judaism is important. His commitment is unshakable. His son, the second generation, is represented by the wicked son. This is the rebel who wants to succeed in his new life and take on Western values. Although he has grown up in a home full of Jewish values and, has, and an integrated Jewish life, he rejects this in favor of integrating into Western society and becoming accepted as the new American. His third son, which if we are following along, this would represent the Tom. His son, the third generation, is represented by the simple son. This child has spent Seder nights at his grandparents' table, has seen his grandmother light the Shabbos candles. He has a spattering of knowledge picked up at Hebrew school, but he doesn't know the meaning behind any of the symbols and is not very motivated to go beyond what he sees. His son, the fourth generation, is represented by the one who doesn't know how to ask. The child does not have memories of his great-grandparents. He celebrates the American holidays, and other than knowing that he is a Jew, he has no connection whatsoever to Judaism. He sits at a traditional Seder night, and he does not even know what to ask because it is so far into him. The Rebbe goes on to explain that there is a fifth son, and the fifth son is the son who has not even attended the Seder, and, and it is our job as connected Jews to bring in that fifth son, to make sure that that son that he says who is sitting instead of at the Seder table, he is off in India or out at the movies on Seder night. And he says that it is our job as American Jews to bring in that fifth son, to make sure that that fifth son even makes it to the Seder table. So I think based on this context and this framing of the Rebbe, we can understand the difference between the Tom and the Sheyeno Yodayel Ishol. The, the Tom, the Vilna, go, so let's go back to the Tom for a minute, and then we'll go back to trying to understand the Sheyeno Yodayel Ishol. The Tom, the Vilna Gaon explains, is the opposite of the Russia. That the Vilna Gottman says that we have two sets of opposites here. We have the Chacham and we have the She'inu Yodayel Ishol. We have the wise son and the son who doesn't know how to ask. And we have the Tom and we have the Russia. Because he strives to do everything with Tmimut. He is represented by innocence. There is a certain simplicity to the, um, to the Tom, but not in a negative way. That I think sometimes we hear simple and we see this question of Mazu and we think this is negative. But Professor Jonathan Zasloff, who is a writer for a Jewish journal and professor at UCLA Law School, I've shared this idea before. But Rabbi, um, Dr. Jonathan Zasloff says that Tom is simple, but simple is profound. That sometimes we think of simplicity and we look at it like the teepish. We say he's a, he's a tinok teepish. He doesn't know anything. But Dr. Zasloff reframes it and he says that Tom is simple, but simple is profound. That simpl simplicity often can be this perfection that there's this straightforward nature to simplicity. That when he's saying outside is what he is feeling inside. There's something straightforward. There's some, something consistent about the simplicity. So yes, this Tom is someone who is a tzaddik. This Tom MTM, Hashem Elokecha, there is such a positive aspect to this Tom that he is looking out at the Seder and he may not be the most articulate. He may not be the most refined, but he says mazot. He looks at it and he wants to learn. 
He's looking at a very complicated situation, the situation of Hidyun Haben. And he's saying, I recognize there's something deeper. I, I don't know how to explore it. Please help me. Please teach me. And that's why in the Rishalmi, we give him the answer of the Chacham. That him too, we open up with the Halachot of Pesach. We explain it all to him. Because he may not be on an, an advanced level yet, but he has a simple but beautiful and profound understanding of what's going on around him. He looks around him. He wants to learn, even if he is not at a complex or a more expert level yet. He wants to understand even on his most basic level. So he's not a tipish. He is not like the Rishalmi said, we can look at him as someone who is simple. We can say, oh, they're just stupid. They're simple. There's nothing there. But we can reframe it and we can say, no, he's Tom. He's not tipish. He's Tom. And that's why in the Haggadah, we say we take things from the Mechelta, we take things from the Mepharshim, we take, th- take things from the Yerushalmi. But when we receive the final edition in the Haggadah, that is the edition that is meant to be given over to us as the educational guide. That it says, like Dr. Zaslav teaches us, look past the basic surface level, tipshus, the possible simplicity that we might see there, and look beyond it to the perfection. Look beyond it to the beauty that lies within the question of the Tom. But then who is this She'inu Yodei Elishol? And I think that the She'inu Yodei Elishol is cast in a semi-negative light, specifically when we look at him in this context that is framed by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, is that he is a, behind the Tom. He isn't even at the point where he can look around him and notice anything. He is so far disconnected that he doesn't even know how to ask a question. And I would say that this is the difference between the Tom and the She'inu Yodei Elishol. I think the Tom is innocent, while the She'ino Yodei is ignorant, he is disconnected, whether it is his fault, whether it is the responsibility of those around him, he doesn't know anything at all. He doesn't even know how to look at a situation and say mazo. He is so disconnected, he doesn't even have the most basic level of initiation into Torah and mitzvah. And therefore, we give him the same answer that we gave the Russia, and we say, it is because of this that Hashem took me out of Egypt. We don't specify here, leave the low low, but we say it is unacceptable to remain at this level of ignorance. You cannot say, oh, it's fine. I know nothing about this. I'm so disconnected. I am so disenfranchised, but it's fine. I'm okay here. We say it's not okay to remain there. You know what happens when you remain there? That reaches a level of rishas. That's saying I'm not even going to delve in a little. I am not even going to try to learn. I am not even going to try to open up that question. That is unacceptable. And that's why we use this pasuk here, that we say, even if there is no initiation, that the child himself is fine. He says, it's fine. I'll stay back here. I'm okay. It's all pleasant. I show up at my grandparents once a year. I don't even know what this Seder thing is. I twiddle my thumbs. I hear them speak a lot of Hebrew, a lot of who knows, maybe Yiddish. And I just don't pay any attention. Then when it comes time to eat, I eat. We say, no, that is unacceptable. You should tell over to your child on this day, even if there is no question. You must open up the conversation because staying at a level of can bring you to be a Rasha. That it is unacceptable to sit there on Seder night and say, I cannot even ask the question. So we must open them up. It is the responsibility on us to start that conversation then. That the Sheino Yodei is any place where he can really go either way. And if we open him up, it is possible that one day he will become that chacham. That we say that he that we tell over to him, he is not beyond repair. We don't look at him as someone who cannot be taught. 
but we look at him rather as someone who is the imperative is on us to open him up, to teach him what he can possibly know. The Yismach Yisrael actually makes a very fascinating observation that he says when we were in Egypt, we were all the She'ino Yosei Elishol. That the inability to ask is not a character flaw. Rather, the Yismach Yisrael says the Israelite slaves in Egypt were also unable to recognize the presence of God in their lives or open their mouths in praise or thanksgiving. Nevertheless, they were, there, they were included in the emancipation from slavery. God does not require eloquence from us in order to deem us worthy of redemption. That the She'eno Yodei Elishol is not a lost cause. Rather, he is like we were all in Egypt. That we didn't even know how to open our mouths. We didn't know how to acknowledge the presence of Hashem in our lives. But yet Hashem still, still took us out. He gave us that language. He said to us, he says, do this, do that. That's what will get you into this geula. And Hashem took us out, even though we were all she'eno yodei alishol. We all didn't know how to ask the question. We didn't know how to open our mouths in any way towards Hashem. But Hashem took us out. So I think the lesson we can learn here from these last two sons is that there is beauty in the simplicity, that we have the chacham that we learned from, we have the rasha that we learned from, and we can learn from the simple son as well. We say to the simple son, we are going to teach you it all. If there is even that, that spark of interest, you are trying to approach this with a perfect simplicity, that you are looking at everything in front of you and you want to learn. You don't have the articulate manner in which to express this question as beautifully as the Chacham, but you want to learn and therefore we will open the entire world up to you. We will tell you everything that you want to learn. And we say this is a certain innocence and innocence can be beautiful. In innocence can be simple. It can be perfect. It can be, it can be wholehearted. There is a beautiful aspect of the Tom and that we embrace and we open him up and we try to teach him as much as we can. But then we look at the Sheno Yodeli Shul and we say, as opposed to the Tom, this is a child that we need to change. It is impossible to sit at the Seder table and say, I am not going to learn. I'm not going to engage in any way. Even if you don't know how to right now, we don't accept that. We say we are going to open him up. We are going to tell him on this day that you are not able to just sit back and say, I am never going to learn. I am never going to engage. Because if you do that, you end up in the same place as the Russia. Rather, before it is too late, we are going to open him up and we are going to teach him everything that there is to know. We, even if we start with the most basic level, it is because of this that Hashem did for me when he took me out of Egypt. We are going to start there and hopefully we will take him out of this ignorant state, out of this state in which he is comfortable not knowing anything. And we are going to help him to take those first steps to engage. So Amir Tashem, may we take from everything we learned over these past few weeks, from the Chacham, from the Rasha, from the Tam, from the Sheinu Yudei And may we be able to look at the aspects of each of these children that we have within ourselves and recognize how to respond to those different parts of ourselves, how to embrace certain aspects, and how to work on others. And may we be able to also look at all of the, the others at our Seder, and how do we engage them in the way that is most appropriate for them. And Amir Tashem, may we all be able to join together as these Arbabanim, as we see them at the Seder, and engage in Torah wholeheartedly, as it says, that we have all of these Arbabanim together, we are able to fully embrace Torah, we are able to fully engage in this mitzvah of Sipur Yassi Mitzrayim. Thank you everyone for joining today.